And so really the idea I want us to all take away from tonight is that the Holy Spirit is not dependent on your qualifications, nor is he limited by your inadequacies. I'm gonna say that again. The Holy Spirit is not dependent on your qualifications, nor is he limited by your inadequacy. God empowers the entirety of our lives, the good, the bad, the ugly. He empowers all of it to be a living testimony of his truth and redeeming work. And so tonight I want to free us from this idea that we need to rid ourselves of any inadequacies or weaknesses before we can come to Christ or step into the calling that he has for us because he's called us to be the church here and now just as we are. Welcome to the PC Youth Pod. We are currently in a series from the books of First and Second Corinthians. And this week's message, we are excited to bring you Pastor Kiera, who just joined our youth team and is speaking to you from Corinthians 3. So grab your Bible and something to write with as we get into this week's message. As Pastor Spencer said, we've been reading in the book of Corinthians. And he kind of set up the context for us a little bit, so I'll repeat a little bit of what he said. So Paul is the author of Corinthians. There are two letters that he writes, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. And these are instructions to the church because they were dealing with some conflicts and even disunity. And so Paul is wanting to write to them to give them some instruction on what they need to do and to try and encourage them in the right direction and to bring unity. And so 2 Corinthians is a little bit different, but it's very similar in that way that Paul is bringing encouragement and he's bringing instruction. And so we're going to land mostly in the beginning of chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. As I was reading through 2 Corinthians, kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about tonight, this passage had just stuck the most out to me because I think it's something that was speaking to my heart at the moment, but also I think it's something that's important for all of our lives as individuals, but even as a church body. And so really the idea I want us to all take away from tonight is that the Holy Spirit is not dependent on your qualifications, nor is he limited by your inadequacies. I'm going to say that again. The Holy Spirit is not dependent on your qualifications, nor is he limited by your inadequacy. God empowers the entirety of our lives, the good, the bad, the ugly. He empowers all of it to be a living testimony of his truth and redeeming work. And so tonight, I want to free us from this idea that we need to rid ourselves of any inadequacies or weaknesses before we can come to Christ or step into the calling that he has for us because he's called us to be the church here and now, just as we are. So would you turn with me to chapter 3, and we're going to go through the first three verses to start. I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible. Are you guys there? Yeah? Does anyone need more time? No? Okay, let's go. All right. Paul says, Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are Christ's letter, delivered by us, not written with ink, 
but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Now, I know when I first read this, I honestly had no idea what Paul was talking about here. I know what a letter of recommendation is, but I'm like, what does that have to do with anything, Paul? And so after doing a little research, what I found is that in the Church of Corinth at this time, there were these people that were coming in with letters of recommendations from very high-profile people, and they were saying, here, this person trusts me, so you, therefore, should let me speak in your church. And Corinth valued intellect a lot. So pretty much whoever came in and showed that they were qualified, they would let them speak. So say like a big-name philosopher at the time, Socrates, wrote a letter for this guy named Tim, we'll say, and he says, Ayo, like, this guy Tim, he's really smart. You should let him speak at your church. And so then Tim would take this letter signed by Socrates, would bring it to the church at Corinth. Corinth would see it and be like, yo, Socrates, he recommends this guy. By all means, like, have the stage. We want to hear what you have to say. And so then as these people would begin to speak, they were more trying to build themselves up rather than God. And they weren't telling the full truth of the gospel. And we don't know exactly what they were speaking and what they were teaching, but we do know it wasn't right. And we do know it was contrary to whatever Paul had told them. And so these people, as they're being captivated by these speakers' words, they're starting to not trust Paul and even disassociate themselves with him. And so Paul is getting a little frustrated because he's the one who came in in the first place, presented the truth of the gospel, and their lives were absolutely transformed. They accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit came in, transformed them, and they established the church. And so Paul's saying, do I really need a letter of recommendation? Like, you guys know me. I'm the one who came to you and brought you this truth. Why are you now starting to veer away from these other speakers? And then he takes it a bit further and says, not only that, but you are letters from Christ. You are letters from Christ, meaning your lives are a testament to who Christ is and what he has done. And I think Paul isn't just talking about the church of Corinth. I think he's talking about the church today, that our lives are a living testament to Christ's work. Our lives are living letters from Christ. And I know when a lot of us hear that, we kind of think, oh man, <laughs> that's a pretty big responsibility there. I better get myself put together so that I represent Christ well. And I understand the heart in that, and I think even I fell under that for a very long time in wanting to create this perfect image of who I was for myself. I mean, a little bit about me. I was the, the kid in school who was getting all the good grades. I would do anything I could to get the A. Even if I wasn't retaining any information, I would just study the night before so I could know all the answers, ace the test, and then I would forget the information right away. Because for me, I just wanted people to see this image of me that I was achieving, I was doing well, when in all actuality, I wasn't really learning much. And I struggled with failure a lot. I would do, and sometimes even still, it's hard for me, but I would do anything to avoid failure. Because it's not, it's not fun to fail, and I don't really want people to see that side of me or to see that I've fallen short or to think any different of me. And so I struggled a lot with trying to form this image of myself. 
And I think all of us do that in some way, whether it's similar academically or just in some other way. Whether you're Christian or not, I mean, you see it even on social media. Like, what's an Instagram profile? It's something you create to kind of express who you are, your personality, and to have this image that people can see and perceive you in a certain way. And that's not all bad thing. I think it's pretty cool that we get to kind of express who we are. But you just kind of see that there is that human nature and that human tendency to really build this profile of who you are. But I think in that, there's also the other side to it where we have this image of ourselves or other people have this image and we want to meet their expectations. And then we see all the ways that we fall short, that we don't meet up to those standards or ways that we maybe just fail and don't do exactly what we've wanted to do. And so then we just feel the weight of our inadequacies and of our brokenness. It can really eat at us and take away from our self-esteem. And so I think there's maybe some of us today that we're like, man, I've just, I've been through a lot of stuff. I don't necessarily want other people to know about it or see it because I just, I don't see any good in it. And I don't know how any good can be brought from it. Or maybe you even just see all the ways that people are talented, they're living their lives, and you're like, man, I, I don't really have any skills <laughs> or any talents. Like, how am I even going to build up a life for myself and build this image of who I am? Like, I, I, I don't know where to go from here. I think some of us even are just dealing with depression, addiction, and just thinking, while I'm in this state, I don't know that I can be used for anything. I'm just struggling right now to keep going. And you know what? Some of us might be in a good spot. We're like, you know what, Kira? Actually, I'm doing pretty okay. And that's great, too. I want us to be very real with where we're at in our lives. Because the following verses Paul, Paul says, I think, applies all across the board. Whether we're struggling with something, with inadequacies, suffering, weakness, or we're actually doing pretty great in life. So would you go with me to uh, verse 4? Paul says, such is the confidence we have through Christ before God. It is not that we are competent in our own selves to claim anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. He has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Ooh, I love verse five, but first I want to talk about that final verse there where it says, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life, because that was another verse that I was like, I have no idea what Paul's saying here. So when Paul is talking about the letter, he's referring to the law of Moses, which can be found in the Old Testament. And really what this law of Moses did is it exposed the sins, the brokenness, and the shortcomings of humanity. And so he's saying this, this law exposes all the things that really leads us to death. It doesn't lead us to life. And so there really wasn't much hope with this letter or the law. doesn't mean there wasn't hope. There was a hope to come that God pointed his people towards, but it hadn't yet come. So these people are kind of just sitting there in their sin and in their brokenness and just kind of wondering, like, okay, when is this hope going to come? And I wonder how many of us also feel like we're in that place today. Sitting, on, sitting in our inadequacies and our sins and our brokenness and just wondering, is there really even hope? Wondering if we're even strong enough to push through to see if there is hope. 
wondering if God can truly even use us in our struggles, in our weaknesses, and in our sufferings. And I'm here to tell you that, yes, there, there is hope, and there is strength to endure, but it's not in yourself, and it's not in others. It is in Jesus. And that's what Paul is talking about with the spirit that gives life. Because there is the new covenant which we are in, which means Jesus came and fulfilled all that the law of Moses had because we couldn't do it ourselves. So Jesus did it for us. So now that it is fulfilled, it's not necessarily done away with or irrelevant, but there's the promise that the spirit comes into our lives and empowers us to endure and to follow him into new life. Because our adequacy, our qualification does not come from us and it doesn't come from others or a recommendation that they have for us. It comes from God. It's not our accomplishments that qualify us. It's not our status, education, talents, skills. It's God and God alone because he is the one who created us and the one who knows us more than anyone else. And this is a pretty countercultural idea because many people would say those are the things that do define who you are and what qualify you to do these things. But God says, no. Those, he, he gives you those gifts and he does use them. But ultimately, they are not what qualify you. It comes from God first. Can I have the worship team come up? So what does this mean then? What does it mean to be living letters from Christ? What does it mean for God to qualify us? It means that we can show weakness because Jesus' power is our strength. It means we can be imperfect because Christ, because through Christ we are made perfect. We don't have to hide our suffering. We can boast in our suffering because Jesus is the one who gives us life in and through it. We can endure rejection because we have been accepted in Christ. And it's often in those low moments of our lives that we realize that God's grace is sufficient. It's in my weakest points and my lowest points in my life that I am really humbled and realized, like, man, I am not in control of life. I would love to be, <laughs> but I'm not. And you know what? That is okay. I want us to know that it's okay to be at these places in life where we feel weak, where we're struggling, where we are suffering, but don't let it be for nothing. Don't let your weakness be for nothing. Don't let your suffering be for nothing. Don't let your inadequacies be for nothing. But invite God into those moments. Invite him to work and move in ways that only he can. Don't deprive yourself of seeing how God can work in and through you. And not only that, don't deprive others from seeing God work in you. That's even how I came to know God because I thought I had to live as this perfect Christian girl. But then through my youth pastor, who was just very real, I got to see that, no, he has a relationship with God, even though he's imperfect, even though he falls short in a lot of ways. But yet his hope is placed in God and he has this joy no matter what. 
And I saw that and I was like, that's, that's not what I thought Christianity was. I thought it was having to live up to all these rules, but it was coming to God as I was and just allowing him to work and move in my life. And Paul even. Paul, he mentions, I think, in this chapter and many others, he wasn't even a good speaker. Yet God still used him, and he is one of the greatest missionaries this world has ever seen. And he started so many churches all across the world. You look at people like Gideon, who we read about in Judges. He was a small guy, just kind of working, doing his own thing. And in that moment, God called him a mighty warrior and used him to lead very small armies into big, victorious battles. You read Jeremiah. Jeremiah struggled hard. There are many times he's like, God, I just, I don't want to do this. And I quite frankly, don't want to be alive. He didn't understand why God had called him to be a prophet. He was young. He didn't know how to speak. Yet God said, none of that matters because I am with you. And I will give you the words to speak. And God was. He used him to speak to kings and to nations. God called them in their weaknesses and their inadequacies. He didn't wait until they were in a good moment or they were put together. He called them when they were at their lowest and weakest points. And I don't want us to avoid that today. If God's been tugging on your heart, don't disregard it just because you don't think you're in a good spot. But we see this pattern that God calls us in our weaknesses so that his strength and his power can show up in our lives. So it doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter where you're at. God is not limited by those things. He is present with you through it all and can use you through it all. So let God use you right here and right now. Don't let it be for nothing. God chooses to show himself to others through us, a body of imperfect individuals. Sometimes that doesn't make sense. It's like, God, why, why not some other way? But this is the way he's chosen to do it is through us. Even though we're imperfect, even though we have weaknesses, God chooses us as individuals to come together as a body and to be the church. And it really is a beautiful thing. And so I want us as individuals to really take that to heart, to invite God into our lives, whether it's a certain weakness we're struggling with, a certain suffering we're going through, or maybe things are going pretty well, but we just need to remind ourselves that we need to be dependent and reliant on God who qualifies us in the first place. And my hope and prayer is just that we would all, as imperfect people, just come together unified in that, knowing that God is going to do something great through us. And it's not by our own doing, but it's by us trusting in him through loving one another, encouraging one another, and walking with each other as the body of Christ. And so may we, as individuals and as the body, reflect Christ in everything, in our weaknesses, in our sufferings, in our inadequacies, in our strengths, in our victories, our accomplishments, 
in everything. The Holy Spirit is not dependent on your qualifications, nor is he limited by your inadequacies. God empowers the entirety of your lives to be a living testament of his truth and his redeeming power. Don't miss that in your life today. And so I want us to take a couple minutes as the worship team sings a song to just invite him into whatever you're going through right now. We're not going to wait until things get better in our lives or even when we're more comfortable, but we're going to let God show up and use us right here and right now. So I'm going to pray for us real quick. And after we do, we're going to go into a song and I would encourage you do what you need to do. If you need to just sit, go somewhere else and think for a minute, or if you just need to stand and worship your creator, just do what you feel led to do. So Father, we just thank you so much, God, for your word. And God, that you've just revealed yourself to us. That God, while we were still sinners, you, you died for us. God, that just shows, shows how much you love us. That you didn't just leave us where we were at. You didn't leave us searching for you. But God, you showed yourself to us through your son. And you brought us closer to yourself through your son. And for that, we are so grateful. And so God, I pray that we would just be reminded that you are a God who relates to us. That you, that Jesus did not go without suffering. He didn't escape suffering, but he endured it so that we could experience life and eternity with you. So may we be reminded that this same God can turn our suffering, our weakness, our inadequacies, you can turn them around and use it for something glorious and good, even when we don't see it. And so I pray this to you today, whatever we're holding on to, whatever we're struggling with, that we would just be a body of believers here and now, and that we would just follow you and come to you as we are, and just trust that we are in your hands and that the church is in your hands. And so God, would you speak to every one of our hearts? And would you give us peace in knowing that we can trust you even when it's difficult? To stay caught up with everything happening, check us out at peopleschurch.com as well as on Instagram at PC Youth Salem.